Welcome to Relatable AF with Heather and Steph. We're just two best friends navigating their self-help past, present day issues, affinity for rural housewives and pop culture, and other smart girl shit. Let's get into this week's episode. All right, everyone, we are going to get into, will Jen go to the block? Meaning Jen Shaw. Um, We don't actually know if she's going to go to the block, but we're going to talk about her journey there, (laughs) potentially. Um, But before we do, we always do a little bit of girl talk. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, And for those of you watching on YouTube right now, hey. So for those of you on the podcast listening, we may do shout outs to people in the YouTube because we are live on YouTube right now. Like Andrea's already in the chat. So hi, Andrea. Um, But yeah, so we are trying to do these on YouTube live. And this one was impromptu, but we will, I swear, at some point get a schedule. In, in our defense, I just want to like it. Oh yeah. I feel like I keep saying it. The hits don't stop. The hits don't stop. The hits don't stop. And so it was coming and they won't stop coming (laughs) back to the room and you hit the ground running. (laughs) It didn't make sense not to live for fun. Yeah. Brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. That's Um, what I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. Same. So we had some stuff going on last week and we kept scheduling it and I have, as I sit right now, just to, yes. it's coming through my little headache that's right oh, here is coming through. Yeah. And so that was stopping us and we had other stuff stopping us, but regardless, we're here now. So yeah, I do I'm apologize. not in I, the middle of selling take, my house. <laughs> I, I take, yeah, that too. I take full accountability. Yeah. Take full yeah. Accountability. I, we, we are as opposed take, to Rachel Hollis. <laughs> yeah. I understand that the inconsistency and the lack of schedule is not the best for our listeners, but we are an early, uh, enterprise here. Startup. So, it's a startup. Yes, very startup. Startup going on here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's get into our girl talk. So we talked about today's episode. What's something you've watched lately, Heather? Okay. So I actually wanted to shout out instead of something I watched, I did watch the, um, uh, Anna Delvey documentary, which was or not a docu-series, whatever they call those. My but, dad sent the wire. I can't, I want to talk like her so bad. I have to learn that accent. And that might be something that we might want to talk about later. It's my understanding she's getting deported like today back to right. Germany. Right. Um, but in light of recent events going on in the world, a podcast yeah. that I thought was really beneficial was Brene Brown's most recent. Um, it is a Spotify exclusive um, on her unlocking us podcast. She talked about joy and how hard it is to have joy regarding just little stuff. Um, she had a guest on, it was last week's episode. I should have come prepared and told you what the name of it was, but it was, it was whatever it was today's Tuesday, March 15th. And it was just really enlightening on how to make sure that you're, I don't know that you're experiencing joy in your everyday life despite the fact that people are being killed uh, in mass on the other side of the world right now. So it was Brene with Karen Walren, who's her friend. Um, and it's called accessing joy and finding connection in the midst of struggle. 
So, so that is the podcast. Renee talks a lot about how she's having, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. She talks a lot about how she's had trouble finding joy recently. And it was just, it was, it was enlightening. I enjoyed it. So what about yeah. you? What did you watch? Um, I am really struggling with this because, um, I made the mistake of listening to the skinny confidential episode with Rachel Hollis. I don't recommend it. Um, I have never had so much, uh, blood pressure problems. I, within three minutes had to FaceTime you, uh, cause I couldn't even get through the host introduction without really just wanting to throw my phone out the car window. Um, but it has put me in such a spot. I, I think we talked about it this morning or I texted you this morning. Like I almost, I like want to rescind my offer for Rachel to come on our podcast. If she comes on yeah. the podcast, I think it's going to have to just be you because you are very well trained to talk to people you don't like as a lawyer. Whereas I haven't gone through that training and experience yet. So I have zero patience and I have zero tolerance. Um, I just, you know, comparing cans, what happened to her to a circus and saying she did the work, but she's not going to share it because that's performative. Um, it's just so obvious how little she cares. So I don't want to really platform her. I mean, I respect our listeners enough <laughs> to not platform her. Not that she, this is the thing I realized too this morning. She doesn't listen to women. You know, we've kind of had that through line in our episodes, but she doesn't listen to women. But I could go on and on. I'm not going to because Heather's going to go live about it sometime this week. Um, so maybe today because I have some for some frustration I need to get out today. So maybe later today. Yeah, I think it would be really, really appropriate um, to let your frustration out because it I it's so bad that I want the transcript. You know, because it's like every other sentence, you're like, what the fuck did she just? I mean, the intro alone for those who haven't listened is like from the skinny confidentials. It's basically like, we know you don't like this person. We know that she was completely canceled, but like, we're going to give her a chance anyway, because like, we want to talk to her. And I will say, I started listening to the other part of it that she had on her podcast today she had oh yeah because there's and yeah it was not good so i don't know how it is like yeah no one of the oh sorry i just cut you off but it's okay it, it is what it is it is what it is but yeah but but that's something i want on a lighter note on a on lighter, a lighter note. <laughs> let's transition on a lighter note what is an off-camera conversation that we had oh. this week <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm completely, bro- oh, I, <laughs> I had a total brain fart about what it was going to be, but now I so I stumbled upon a discussion on Twitter yesterday. I am very active on Twitter. Uh, no, not active. I'm very, I take in information on Twitter and Kahoot is apparently something that has been used during the pandemic. So Kahoot, for those of you who may not be familiar, 
it was heavily used in the education space during the pandemic to create like online fun quizzes. Like it's a really fun kind of cute, interactive, like quiz game. Um, so it, it became extremely popular in the pandemic to help break up, um, like zoom learning. So the education space uses it a lot. So what did you find on Twitter about Kahoot? So I'm scrolling on Twitter and there's a, a picture that pops up of this discussion between a Kahoot person and this, the, it boils down to someone was trying to discuss the Trans-Alaskan pipeline and the account got flagged and it got flagged and like suspended for a day. And the Kahoot person was saying, oh, it's because you use the word trans and trans is uh, flagged for mature and adult content. And so your account has been suspended. Kahoot person ends up, so they have this dialogue, that screenshot gets posted to Twitter. And then the conversation ensues between Twitter going trans is not an adult and mature discussion point. I can't believe that they would flag it for that. And so Kahoot ends up responding and said, it was not, and we do not flag for trans. That word is not flagged. The Trans-Alaskan pipeline is flagged. The Trans-Alaskan pipeline was flagged. And so someone linked the Urban Dictionary Trans-Alaskan pipeline definition. Yeah. If if you have a sensitive stomach or you don't like explicitly sexual discussions, I yeah. would I would skip the next 30 seconds. Yeah. Three. Wait, yeah. Just three, two, and one. There were two definitions. One was uh pooping into a condom, freezing it, and then using that as a a, a, a sex toy. And the other one was more graphic, uh, laying a, a pipeline, if you will, into another area in which pipeline could also be laid while adjoining each other. I cheek think that's the cheek. best. Cheek, cheek to cheek. Cheek, cheek to yeah. cheek pipeline. You know, cheek right. to cheek pipeline. <laughs> it was, it was enlightening. It was enlightening. <laughs> Not only that, but then, so I went to go like find it on Twitter and someone had used the word scatology and my brain just wasn't like a hundred percent. I mean, I think my brain was just laughing so hard at the fact that this all happened. Like it's so crazy. Um, but scatology is like studying poop and fecal. And so like, why would that be tagged? Like, it's just a science, like people have these. And then it was like, and then someone else was like, if we, removed everything that has a sexual like any urban dictionary word like we wouldn't have a lot of words to use pretty much right so right it's um pretty fascinating it was it was it was crazy yeah and heather like wouldn't let me look <laughs> she wanted to tell me yeah to get yeah. my live reaction <laughs> It was I, like just it so... up and, you, and you were like, stop, don't read. <laughs> stop it. it. I see what it, you're doing. Do not read Twitter right now. I want to tell you. <laughs> it was, you went from like 
No, trans people, th- that discussion needs to be had and discussed. Yeah, everything's going on is, in Florida. Like we have got to. Every, like, yeah, everywhere. Like th- this is important. And then you find out why and you're like, oh, oh, I, I miss, I miss, I misread this. Take it back. Take the knowledge back. But anyway, it was, it was freaking hilarious. I thought about this later uh, because a lot of, obviously I'm a social media manager. So I'm in social media manager communities. My for you page on TikTok has a lot of social media managers. And this is like the perfect example of like why you want a very intelligent and smart social media manager, or at least have let them have access to the resources they need when these things happen. Because the first place people go is social media. Like they will bring it to Twitter and they will bring it to your Facebook page. Like, you know, and so if you have some you know, fresh out of college and no offense to that, but like, you know, fresh out of college doesn't really know how to like crisis manage or crisis mitigate or really understand how to navigate those kind of difficult conversations in a public forum. Like if they don't have access to a boss or supervisor or mentor or someone to help them walk through, like, this is why you pay for a social media manager and why you pay them well, because they have to deal with that. (laughs) Explaining the Trans-Alaskan pipeline. On Urban Dictionary. I mean, I mean, come on. It was, it was crazy. It was, it, it was, was crazy. It, it did provide for, um, it did provide for good fodder. Um, so what's something you did this week? I, I, <laughs> I went to a kid's birthday party and here's my, um, my take on that as I did come home and I was slightly hungover the next day, um, kids birthday parties are notorious for getting people somewhat wasted in some events, but it's not the kid's birthday. It's not like the school party kid's birthday, right? It's your adult friends, kids. Those are the parties you got to watch out for. So, um, I, I have a thing with wine. I enjoy it, but my taste buds have changed. So I didn't have um, any wine on hand that I would consume. And it was getting late in the day and I wanted a cocktail. And so they did, they did have Kirkland brand tequila and they had clear solo cups. And if you pour a little bit of tequila in a glass, it kind of looks like water. And I can drink 1942 with the best of them. We've been on my TikTok lives. I can take a shot of 1942 without a face. And I am good. I enjoy tequila, but <clears throat> what I didn't, I, the, it's the ratio. It's the cup to shot glass ratio that you can't quite get. Yeah. Um, and then I did the mental gymnastics the next morning that I think we all do, which is like, oh, it must've been because I didn't eat enough. I didn't drink enough water. There's no way I could have drank enough to get hung over, but, um, you were also to- outside, right? I was outside. That does it too. You're probably dehydrated. You know, I'm I'm fairly certain. I solo had fun. Cup, I'm fairly certain solo cups are measurement cups. Like I think that first not ring this is one. a shot. Oh, okay. Not like, this okay. one. I looked. That's the one thing I learned after college, which would have been really helpful in college, is that solo cups are actually like measuring units. Would have been helpful to it, know. The clear college. one got me. The clear one got me. Yeah. What did you do? Seen a clear one. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of fun things going on in this house. Basically, uh, we pushed back our listing a week because all everything broke this weekend. We had vinyl fall off of our house. We had two lawn mow- both of our lawnmowers broke, so half of our yard is mowed right now. So I pushed it back a week, but 
one thing that happened that makes me very happy is I've been trying to find a big dining room table to set our dining area because we have this old little round table and we had it in our first 800 square foot apartment. Like, you know, it's like our first table, the dog, the stitch who's snoring over here. If you hear him was chewed, like chewed the spindle legs off of it. Like it was just bad. I'm like, we cannot list this house with this little table table. just chewed up. Yeah. Like it's not going to show that like a family could eat here. Like a large number of people could eat in this house. It's going to make the house look like it's a small house and it is a small house. So I'm like trying to, it's why you, it's the tricks of staging. So I've been looking on Facebook marketplace for no less than six months for a table. I have probably sent my husband 500 tables to which none have been to his standard. None. And we're riding around on Saturday, you know, 11th hour running errands. I find this table. It's listed for a hundred dollars. It's a full set. It's a six foot table with a bench and four chairs. The chairs even have pads and cushions, like, which is, you know, an upgrade in my head. I'm like, I'll take all wood at this point. I don't care. And, um, I show it to him and he's like, actually, I like that. Tell her $80 cash. We'll be there in an hour. And she was like, okay. And so we got a table and we get it in the house. And he walks in and he goes, you are right. And those are the best words you can hear out of your spouse's mouth. After I love you, <laughs> you 100%. were right. 100%. He goes, this looks perfect. This is so great. And then of course, cause we have like a very funny relationship and we just play with each other a lot. And so his follow-up comment was, but I'm also right because I said no to all those other ones. And that's how we got here. Men, like whatever, take your credit. But all I take, heard, take the W. All I heard, yeah, all I heard was I was right, and that's all I needed. So that's you can say whatever else after that. But yeah, so that's, that's what we did. We are in the middle of it. So I just have like the vinyl guy was just here. Cleaning comes on Thursday. Thank God, because um, I thought I was gonna have to clean myself, and it was a little. I'm proud little of you. You outsourced. You outsourced what you could. You pushed off a deadline. You did the yeah. things that you needed to do. I'm proud of you. Yes. Yes. So I've been doing it. But um, speaking of houses, let's talk about Jen Shaw. <laughs> oh, what a transition. Uh, it's only because of the Shaw Chalet, you know. She's, oh, that's she's, right. Well, the Shaw Chalet, she's putting up, I, I guess they put it, well, she was renting. So they ended their lease. So they haven't really said where she's living now, but this is all because of her trial and being arrested. So let's talk about Jen's arrest. So what, what was Jen actually indicted for? Uh, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Okay. So I've always had this question. And if this is like too, too much, you just let me know, but why is it conspiracy? Instead of like just charging, like, can I just charge you with money laundering? Can I just charge you with wire fraud? Why is it conspiracy too? My, I may be wrong on this, um, but conspiracy is the acts getting to the attempt to do it. So it's easier to, um, it's easier to prove. I think you need uh, more than one person and we know that everybody is pled right? Conspiracy to do that requires more than one person. Um, so that is my, that's my kind of answer. I don't know why, unless 
I was going to say, unless they don't think that it happened, but they do, but that, that is the charge and they're sticking to it. And it's, I mean, it does carry like a 50 year sentence total. If right. She's convicted of both counts and they're served uh, consecutively and not concurrently. Is that common? Like consecutive I, versus concurrent? You, yeah. How's, I guess the judge would decide that judge decides, I think based on mitigation and aggravating factors and generally speaking, what, what service would be, it, it happens differently in different cases. Yeah. Cause it just depends on when they get to sentencing, like after mm-hmm. the trial is over and if she's found guilty on it, on any of the counts or whatever. Right. Or, okay. That makes sense. Right. And then, so she gets arrested and it's New York arresting her. Right. Cause this is coming out of New York. Federal, federal, uh, New York, just, uh, United States district attorney out of New York. And can you give a little history about that court? Because what's funny to me is I, I think I mentioned this in our first episode, but I have a spouse who grew up wanting to be an attorney for the mob. He thought that would be cool. Cause, um, well, he's like very pro constitution and everyone deserves good counsel. And he thought what bigger challenge in life is there to be counsel for the mob. And he likes big challenges. So he I have a case for him. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. But, um, he, he I, like is very keenly aware about like the New York federal, like it's, when New York Fed goes after you, it's like, it's usually pretty tight. Like it's a pretty tough court. Well, so most courts, most prosecution teams have above a 90% success rate because once you get to that place, you've had an investigation done by law enforcement. You've had it run through whatever office is going to charge it. They've looked at the evidence and they've decided what to charge based off of right. what they have. So they're going to have a higher success rate just yes, by, by nature and virtue of the way things work out. One thing that's actually started to come up more recently when people start talking about civil justice reform is, or civil rights and, and civil justice reform is um, oftentimes people are offered plea deals and if they choose not to accept a shorter sentence, or if they choose not to plead guilty and choose to move forward with trial and exercise their constitutional right, they could get penalized a lot by having the full sentence imposed. And there's been a lot of attorneys that are questioning that process nowadays, because it's, is it fair for you to offer six years for something and then them get life at the end of the day, because they're exercising their constitutional right. So that's been right. a, that's been a discussion point, but yeah, yeah I, I mean the, the New York court, I don't, I think that there's just so much that comes out of that court because of the nature of what ends up in New York. True. True. That makes sense. A lot goes through New York so right. they can catch right. it. Um, so it's, the other thing I thought about too, it's, I'm curious, like we haven't talked about this, but I'm curious your thoughts on the comments that Jen and coach made at the reunion specifically about why she is like going to trial and it's because she can fight. And so many people take, you know, like a plea deal because they can't afford to fight. Like she made it sound like it was a privilege and a wealth thing 
that she's able to put up a defense and she's trying to represent for those who couldn't do that. I have a couple thoughts. One, um, public defenders get a really bad rap and some are extremely overburdened um, mm-hmm. because so if she did not hire private counsel, she, one yeah. would have been appointed to her, right? Who would um, have been in federal though? Like who, what kind of federal defender public defender? Oh, okay. I, I assume. Yeah. I assume federal public defender. Would they but, have to uh, be from New York? Like would they have, they to, have be to be from the same to practice? Yeah. There. Okay. Okay. Um, it would, I would have to look at how New York does that, but, um, cause I practice obviously in California. I know how we do it. Um, but yeah, I would assume it would be a federal public defender, gotcha. but, um, uh, oh, uh, prosecution budgets are typically about double what public defender budgets are. So she has a point in that the resources that are available to people who use that kind of service aren't as good as the other side. Prosecution has a different duty than a yes. public defender or any True. defense counsel, but there's a discrepancy there. Um, there are some amazing, I've had amazing public defenders that I know I've had really shitty private criminal attorneys that I know, um, True. indigent defense counsels that are separate, which is a different situation. Um, I've had one of my closest friends is an amazing one. She actually listens to this podcast. I won't say her name because I don't want to give out all of my secrets, <laughs> but hi, you know who you are. Hi. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. She's one of the best that I know. And she practices in California. And she fights the good fight daily. And she's actually tried to author legislation to change the lives of criminal, like actual, actual yeah, reform. That's but, awesome. <clears throat> but um, I don't, I don't think that's, I, I, I that's a great storyline. Well, right. That's, I think that was I, why I was asking is because I feel like one thing Jen did masterfully, ma- whoa, words, masterfully, hard, hard words are hard, <laughs> masterfully in the reunion is, and maybe her lawyers helped her in this, but had very well-crafted um, kind of things prepared to say that sound really great on TV, but may not PR. be. Yeah, great PR. Uh, and great PR strategy. And I think um, to Jen's credit, that's something she's done quite well since the arrest, except for the few um, extravagant videos of her purchases and stuff, which I think there's only really been a few. Like I've only seen a couple on Instagram um, of her like fur and jewelry. But other than that, and even with the show edit, other than her fight with Lisa, um, and so let's get back to it. But that's what I'm saying. Like from the reunion, I was just like, wow, she said that I've never really considered it that way. But is that also true? Like, is that founded or is that a good, because I also feel like we can get to this some other time, but they use the same sentiment as like people question their money because of their skin color. And I don't, I know that's not why I questioned her money. You know, that's, I know that the cast was trying to say, that's not why we question your money. It was because your supposed income level didn't match your spending. And so I would have done the same. Like I do the same thing in my head with Heather Dubrow. Her spending to me does not necessarily match a plastic surgeon's salary. People like did it with Erica, 
Jane. Yeah. And they do with Erica Jane. Yeah. So I, I thought that was another one of those tropes that she pushed on the reunion. But again, is, was that true? Is that a true narrative? Just like her narrative about going to trial. I was like, is this a true narrative? I, and I think, um, it could be true for some people. Like when we talk about the housewives universe, it's so vast. It's so wide. Maybe there are people that are fans that are questioning her wealth because they have, uh, racial undertones or clear race or racial bias. But generally speaking, I don't think that the people in the group did. Again, I go back to Erica Jane in the same way. I've gotten a lot of comments about Erica must have known about Tom Girardi's issue because of the level of wealth they had. And I'm like, yeah, but I know, I know people that do what we do, personal injury law that have that level of wealth and could maintain that lifestyle without stealing from their clients. So could right, right. with Jen, the, the other thing I go back to is Jen's business does not necessarily, and you and I had this talk off camera, Jen's business practices do not necessarily need to um, support her level of wealth if it's been attained through some other means. Right. Um, And so I never really questioned that. I questioned her business on its own because something just didn't feel like it was adding up. Like when you talk about Heather, Heather's like, oh, no, no, I got I got Beauty Lab and Laser. Let me tell. Can I tell you about Beauty Lab and Laser? Well, we were in the parking lot of Beauty Lab and Laser. Trademark. And And they film like all the time people coming in for appointments, her daughter's getting facials. Like People go on this show in order to promote their business. And yeah. Jen was the only person it felt like hold back. Like true. I'm going on the show true. and I'm not going to expose my business. Cause like, I'm every not single one of them have a business, which I think was kind of cool about that cast is like, they all came in with pre-established businesses versus a lot of um, older Ross real housewives cast members that maybe got casted because of their spouse or they got casted because of their lifestyle and then created a company off of being on the housewives. Whereas all of them had a business coming in as cast members. So I I will say that's one of the cool things when I look at Salt Lake City, I'm like, oh, wow, they, they had, you know, Meredith had been running her business, I think since 2009. So, you know, they had established businesses coming in, but you're right. Jed definitely didn't talk about it. Didn't show it. Um, not even really her fashion businesses that she had on file because she had a couple like fashion businesses on the file. So anyway, let's get back to her arrest because immediately after her arrest, she does something that's um, for someone who watches a lot of true crime. I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with people um, wanting to throw out their charges because they were never read their rights, but in this particular case, I have never seen it presented like this. So do you want to talk about her, their, the motion they made after her arrest? So like they make pre-trial a pre-trial motion. motion. Yeah. They make them. Well, all of these are pre-trial. Yeah. Cause we're still in pre-trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they make a motion to dismiss her arrest based on the fact that she did not understand her Miranda rights. Now was she read her Miranda rights. Yes, she was. Uh, did she sign a paper acknowledging her Miranda rights? Yes, she did. Uh, so what is the argument? Uh, the argument is that she was confused initially, didn't understand why they were detaining her, got the handcuffs, but like thought that because it was from New York and she had a stalker in New York and a situate a legal situation based in New York, that they were talking to her about that. I guess the handcuffs didn't throw her off. Um, then she's, 
gets to wherever they take her and they start discussing this with her and have her sign off on her Miranda paper. And she says her contacts were really blurry. Real blurry. Yeah. So she couldn't even see what she was signing. So, so cops show up, detain you, arrest you, read you your Miranda rights, which you don't understand. And then have you sign a piece of paper and you're like, I mean, I don't really know what you're having me sign, but like, that sounds all right. I'll just, yeah, sign whatever, sign whatever. Yes. The the motion was not taken well and ended no. up being uh, denied. Yes. Understandably so. Right. And then she went on the reunion and said that she was never told her Miranda rights, which is sort of seems like a different story, but very loose. And then she said she didn't realize she was being arrested until she was presented in front of the judge. And so in thinking through that, at what point do the police have to read you your Miranda rights? Like, when do you have to be told your Miranda rights? When you're detained and you can no longer leave. Gotcha. So like when they put her in the car. Yeah. When they arrested her and yeah, they put handcuffs on and they they put you in the car. That's when it's that's the shortest answer. I'm sure. Well, that right. Because yeah. like everything in the legal system, you know, I'm sure there's I'm try- case yeah. law or some other things that have happened. And I want to yeah. say this too, because if you're a lawyer and you're listening to this, this is what my explanations are going to be, are going to sound like, God, she's got to be smarter than that to be able to talk about legal things, but I'm not speaking to other lawyers. <laughs> I'm speaking to the general, like who doesn't have right. legal knowledge, lay, the lay people in the law. So, right, because there are nuance. Like, I think that's the thing that we all somewhat realize, but don't like to get into conversations about because it is like le- the law is so nuanced. This is why we have separation of like the police and our you know court system. Like, they're not run by the same entities; they're separated. So that if something happens over here, the court system can then you know. Theoretically, of its process. Yes, theoretically, that's what our country was supposed to be run. But, but you know how that has. But interestingly, interestingly, that's not her only motion to dismiss. Right, right. Well, before that, doesn't she switch attorneys? She, yeah, she has some uh, some issue with her attorneys, and a larger firm ends up bowing out. A single guy comes in. I'm not sure the size of his firm, but it was. It was notable to me that she had multiple attorneys on her case and then a uh, new attorney comes in and he seems to be a solo practitioner. Just so it, to does it, is it, it's a female too, huh? Like it's a female and a man on her uh, new attorneys. I thought it was just a man. Oh, I think it's Chaudry Chandri. Yeah. I think it's, um, I don't know the last time I looked at it. Let me look it up. Um, Chandri law. I'm on oh, it. Clayton. She sought counsel from her local Utah lawyer, Clayton Smith. Um, oh. Couple lawyers. Oh, it isn't a solo. The, I want to say the the reason I thought that is because I saw a picture of her with him. So I'll have to look at where I got that from. Yeah, that's what I think is interesting is that when I looked it up, like the change of her attorneys, the new attorney, I want to say is um, an Indian woman. Um, she's at the top on their website. Yeah. So I wasn't sure. I don't hmm. know. It's so weird. What information gets released about this case and what doesn't like it. 
very much like what's going to get clickbait. And I don't think her switching attorneys was important enough for anyone to talk about, but especially considering, you know, you have a motion that your contacts were blurry. (laughs) Which was filed by her former counsel. Yeah. And also what I think is fascinating, uh, because this has come up a little bit in the Bravo world, is that her bail is like a million dollars, isn't it? Um, I don't, I know that her, it was 200, it was a million, but it was, she had to secure 250,000. Yeah. Yeah. For her. And that was the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because she didn't have the, the collateral or the liquidity to put it up. Yeah. Which is, you know, another fact. And then she had to get another million dollars for her defense. So right. That's where all of this money talk is coming in from is it's it's costly. And I guess that's what she's discussing in the reunion. Go ahead. So yeah, d- discussing the cost, but I had this thought the other night w- after watching the reunion and that comment about the cost, is it also difficult for someone to put up a defense when their assets are frozen? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I yeah. have to assume that it would be right. um, because because that's like a federal case. They usually freeze all your assets. So like, I, I mean... I think money with money laundering or like ill-gotten yeah. gains are going to freeze it. Yeah. Right. Um, but we see this again, play out in Beverly Hills when Sutton discusses the idea, because when you enter into a divorce, there's a temporary restraining order on all of your assets as well. And mm-hmm. you can't sell or liquidate or right, do any of that. Right. And so it's can be difficult to pay for an attorney, especially when you talk about like a sizable estate that is um, established enough and knowledgeable enough because you need to get that liquidity and that money to an attorney. It's, it can be difficult. So Sutton specifically in Beverly Hills talked about having, having to have a friend outside of her divorce willing to pay and loan her the money. Right. Um, similar in this situation, we see mom is putting up her retirement. Um, there's all kinds of money being moved yeah. around to make sure that she can pay for this. Right. But in this instance, they're not necessarily losing income because like coaches income wouldn't be frozen. Right. No. Like with joint income. Yeah. So, and then like her income from housewives. Otherwise you, I mean, yeah. Otherwise you would like have to be a slave essentially. Right. Because you, you worked and you don't get your income. Right. Right. So, okay. Um, Cause that was another thought I had about the whole financing and defense was like, Oh, well, in, especially in these kinds of charges, like your stuff gets frozen. So yeah, it would be really hard to, finance and defense. Right. Um, so into, I, I say all that to get back to her bail. One of her terms of bail was like not drinking. And I Which mean, Which is why she's got a, a solid cup during yeah. the season, right? Do you think, so can any of that be used against her? Can any of the footage from the, the shows be like used in court to like establish her lifestyle, establish her like disrespect for the court, um, like anything like that. Well, re- bail specifically would be discussed in terms of revoking her bond and putting her in custody. Gotcha. So no, so they would that. have to do that now. Like they would have to say like, Hey, we just yeah. got this footage. We- you need to, we need to revoke her bail. Yeah, and put her in custody because okay. she's not abiding by the terms, which right. could mean she's a flight risk or something. They could make that argument. Yes. Um, the footage, though, is a separate question. Uh, <clears throat> does she make statements that either um, the state wants to use as 
because anything said outside of court that's used for the truth of the matter asserted is hearsay. Hmm. So hearsay, right. this, we all, everybody uses this term nowadays. It's almost like a, the term uh, literally it's oh, now right. become right. an antithesis to its actual meeting meaning. So what does a lawyer counsel, what does it mean? <laughs> hearsay is statements made out of court. So we're not in front of a, uh, we're not sworn in, in court or in a deposition. Um, but, and they are used for the truth of the matter asserted. So if, uh, I walk outside of my house and say, I intend to kill my husband, which I'm not saying I haven't said that before. I am. I've never said that. Um, but <laughs> no, but, um, that's a, that statement is hearsay. So if I'm on mm-hmm. trial for attempting to murder Tim and they come in and they say, but Heather said this, I could object. That's hearsay. I didn't make it in court and you're using it in an effort to show that I intended to kill him. Right. Okay. But then there's exceptions to hearsay. And one of them is a party admission. So I am a party to the hearing and I'm admitting I intend to kill my husband. And so that could be used. So in this situation, there is a lot of footage, all of it being hearsay. So does an exception arise? Is it a party admission? Is it a, is it a, there's a bunch of different ways that there's a bunch of different exceptions for hearsay. I'm not going to go through them all, but that would probably be the most glaring and we see Jen is now attempting to get additional footage, right? Because right. she's now subpoenaed the ABC Hulu documentary yes. who had additional footage on, of other things on camera. Cause maybe those, right. those, while those are still hearsay, maybe those go to the district, uh, the United States district attorney's office's intent bias, right. any of those things. So speaking of that documentary, because of that documentary, they do file another motion. So right. like, the, is it, it's a motion to dismiss again? Is that what it is? Like trying to get this all thrown yeah, out? It's like, it's like a see, you throw everything at the wall and see what sticks t- type of legal strategy. Like, right. oh, you guys prejudice our client. This isn't fair. Yeah. And so this, the, uh, federal court, the federal prosecutor came back and said, no, we didn't. And yeah, I think the people that were involved weren't directly involved in this case and yes. they put up a, a sufficient defense and the court said, no, we're not. Right. Going to it was like two, it was two of those like agents that were in it. Right. Um, if you watched it and also wasn't Bravo docket in it. I think they made it. I think it. they were. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Was like, Look and, Ronald, go. and Ronald Richards. And I have to say this real oh. quick because this was so interesting to me. Ronald Richards came out, um, after the subpoena was served and a motion to quash. So mm-hmm. Jen's counsel served a subpoena on the production company. And yep. they were like, we don't have to give you this stuff. This is, right. this is protected, privileged work product, whatever you want to call it, but we don't have to give this to you. And Ronald Richards comes out on Twitter and was like, I cannot believe that they would even ask. Like, this is so protected. This is so protected. This is outrageous. Yeah. We're just going to rewind about six months to a year when Ronald Richards. Yeah. I don't think he actually subpoenaed, but he sent a motion or a letter to preserve evidence. Yeah, that's right. To Bravo Mm -hmm. for all of the unaired footage of Erica Girardi during 
that season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I just, right. maybe there's, maybe there's a distinction that I'm missing. Maybe there's a glaring difference <laughs> that I don't see that's out there. If there is, I'm happy to be enlightened. I'm right. just not quite sure that there is. <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole episode on his Twitter. <laughs> it's so bad. And it's so convenient that um, when nothing was going on with Erica Jane and like his, and his stuff that like he started tweeting about Jen. And um, so I will say, I will give him credit in that he did provide the um, voir dire documents, which I am floored by mainly because um, I think like we had been friends a couple months when I first did my first ever jury duty. And I had never been subject to voir dire. I've never witnessed it. I, or I, I knew that when you serve as a jury, they ask you a lot of questions because you hear a lot of anecdotal evidence of how you should answer. So you get not select, <laughs> you know, but right. you're also supposed to be truthful, <laughs> but, um, right. so I was the, the criminal system here is really backed up. So they're doing a lot of criminal cases. So it was like, it was a criminal case voir dire. So I witnessed that I will witness two rounds of people go through it before I went through it. And I mean, it's not a trauma informed process. It's, it was really rough. I had a really hard time with the entire process, but it, it is very fascinating. And that's the first step that has to happen in a jury trial. Um, and so if you could explain like just very briefly what Wadir is and then what Jen's attorneys tried to file um, as Wadir, potential Wadir questions to the jury. So in every uh, jury trial, there's a process where you have to figure out who your jury is going to be. And sometimes it's really short, like it for a really minor infraction or something that's, uh, relatively simple, maybe just a couple of questions. You've probably seen it in like, uh, court hearings that have been televised. It's like a board, like what's your yeah. name? Do you know anybody in the prosecutor's office, anybody in the sheriff's department, whatever, yeah. um, your occupation, um, any of the you'll probably be given the names of either the defendant or the parties in a civil matter. Yep. Figure out if you can serve, but in more complicated situations like these, a lot of times there will be an entire jury questionnaire that gets sent out Yeah, and those have specific questions on them. And usually it, it needs to be agreed upon between the parties because you don't get one for each side. You put them all yeah. together. Okay. So the questions are designed to make sure that you get an impartial, um, fair, unbiased jury. Right. Right. And that is, so that's the whole process. Some attorneys, a lot of attorneys contend that at least in matters that require a jury trial, voir dire is the most important process of your entire yeah. case. Like you fucked this up, you fucked up the case. Right. Right. And I would say like, and you know, we're not going to touch this trial. We're not going to touch the subject matter, but in the, um, I always get Ghislaine Maxwell trial, Ghislaine like, Maxwell. yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell, that is like now being questioned, like because of a juror's history, um, is now Scott being, Peterson, Scott Peterson, 20 years ago, yeah, Scott Peterson. And so the integrity of Wadir is the integrity of the, of the, the whole verdict. entire trial. Yeah. And the verdict, um, and it, is there even a statute of limitations on that? Like, cause I think about Scott Peterson, like. Civil yeah. cases are a little bit different. Um, I actually yeah. had a, a 
colleague had his trial thrown out because of juror misconduct. Yeah. Um, but I think so that that's what it's called. Fact. So it would be considered. Well, juror. yeah, I, in some way, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that it would be the same in civil and criminal in that situation because this right. was misconduct after being impaneled versus lying in order to, or which results in being on the panel. I don't know, but essentially yes. all things being equal. Yeah. It's right. misconduct. So, <laughs> so let's all see if we could serve on Jen Shaw's jury. So where do you want me to start? And I'll question. You. I think it was, um, shoot, I had it up like a, a long time ago. Cause I think it's like page three is when the questions yeah. really get into, um, okay, I got it. I got you. Is I she a Philly? Yeah. Okay. We're ready. Okay. Miss, I'm going to start with number 17 and we're going to have all these documents linked. Okay. Miss Shaw's family is from the Island of Tonga and was converted to the Mormon religion by missionaries. Do you have any negative opinions about Mormonism or those who convert to Mormonism? It's a cult. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't You're know. out. You're out. That is one of those things where it's Your like, Honor, I'm challenge. Gonna... <laughs> we challenge for cause. See, that's why uh, that's one of those anecdotal things of like, just say it so you can get out of there. <laughs> Although I will say like my dad served on a federal jury and he loved it like loved the experience loved getting out of work every friday because it was like every friday they went um they you have to get paid from work you have to get paid to serve on the jury he said they fed him really good food so like i don't want to um promote abdicating your jury duty no absolutely not um because my dad absolutely loved it and i wanted to serve too but just not on a uh murder uh and I will, intimidating a witness trial <laughs> that i was i will say too dear for it's not, I mean, the, the, your side of it important when I'm talking yeah. about my clients, I want people yes. that are going to be impartial, that are going to be fair, that are going to be critical thinkers and not just right. listen, not toe the, the party line or, you know, I practice yeah. personal injury. And so I don't necessarily want somebody that's going to think I'm an ambulance chaser on the jury and is sure. unable to distinguish. So it's, it's very important that we all do our civil duty. I know that that's yes. Okay. So we got the morning okay. question. You will hear evidence that Ms. Shaw appears as one of the housewives in the television show on Bravo called the real housewives of Salt Lake city. Have you seen any episode of the real housewives of Salt Lake city or part of any episode? Absolutely. Never. Not. Never. Never. My I Instagram a- does not follow Bravo accounts. Absolutely not. <laughs> they would we don't have a, so we bad. don't have a full podcast discussing it at all. You will hear evidence that when Ms. Shaw married her husband, she converted to Islam, which is his religion. Do you have any negative opinions or feelings about Muslims that would influence your view of Ms. Shaw, her family, or the evidence in this case? People can have their own religious beliefs. I will say as someone who's never watched the show, but I just happen to know this. I do find it honorable that she converted because she found out about the racist uh, past of the Mormon church. So, you know, props to Jenny. Yeah, there you go. Props to Jen. Jen. Although <laughs> is Jenny going to the block with well, I know, a good I know. <laughs> I know. Um, let's see. Do you or anyone in your household belong to any fan group or online group which discusses the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Does our does our text message thread count? Well, I mean, does my private Reddit account count? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay. Like, does Reddit count? <laughs> 
Yeah, 100%. Do you or anyone in your family or household follow any account related to the Housewives of Salt Lake City? I mean, I I just, I feel like there's no way you're getting out of this sitting on the jury. I think that there, this is why I I wasn't selected. I don't know if I'll ever be able to be selected for jury duty because I laugh a lot and I find things humorous in life that I probably shouldn't. And I would laugh my ass off at these questions. Like I would be, I'd be scared because like the courtroom is a very intimidating environment. Like the ones we have here, there's no windows. It's a very closed room. It's very stale. Like it's very, it's just not comfortable in any way. But and then the anxiety of like being in voir dire, because there is an, an anxiety to it of like, oh, my God, what are they going to ask me? Am I going to get picked? I will say um, this. I don't think I, that the, these would not be provided verbally. These this are, would be in a These are to be written. Yeah, yeah. So it's an easy. And then they would no. follow up with you. Well, I've right. Had, yeah. You get yeah. the follow up voir dire questions and people. And so that's the second part, right? Like attorneys can not necessarily ask anything, anything. in voir dire, right. but they can pretty much. Yeah. Some attorneys, good attorneys will do, uh, they will discuss, they will handle voir dire in a way that previews the case to you, um, and attempts to elicit any bias. So like, right. You know, in this case, you might hear about, um, Ms. Shaw and a home that she shared with her husband, uh, nicknamed the Shaw chalet. And do you have any feelings about someone that would name their home and, uh, use that name on a public platform, like the real housewives of Salt Lake City. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're trying to suss out bias. I get, I mean, why, why this is so important. All right. So what's the next? 100%. Um, okay. Have you read about Jen Shaw and the real housewives of Salt Lake City? I mean, most of these are going to go over the same thing. I mean, let me see. Do you believe that all housewives who appear on the franchise are rich? I hope so. That's the rich housewives that watch Salt Lake City. That's why do I you, watch because they have a different life than me. Do you believe that what you see on the show is in fact real? I mean, Andy would never steer us wrong. Right. I believe in Andy. Okay. One hundred percent. He's best friends with John Mayer. I will never abandon Andy. He will never abandon Andy. And he can do no wrong. Even when he gets drunk on New Year's Eve, he can do no wrong. 100%. Have you seen the ABC News special, The Housewife and The Shaw Shocker? Uh, Oh, I didn't know it was called Shaw Shocker. That sounds Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Yeah, that does not sound. I really feel like it was not called that. I, I, um, I I mean, maybe we should change the title of our episode. I could not answer that question. If someone asked me about the Shaw Shocker, I would die. I would die. Shaw Shocker Hulu. I'm looking why, it up right now. Why do I turn yeah, it into It's called that. Watch the housewife and the Shaw Shocker. Wow. I think maybe because we entered this conversation with the earlier conversation, my brain was like preemptively thinking. Yeah. Something dirty. Because I never like put that together. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I never. Do you read any of the following publications like Page Six, Us Weekly, People Magazine, or the Daily Mail? 
you wouldn't consume such magazines, would you? In the online format, especially. The educated woman. I only really read reliable, high-grade journalism. Right, right. Of course, of course. Um, We don't, we aren't on Twitter or Instagram. Or Or YouTube currently. Or Or Reddit. Um, Do you think any of what happens on reality television uh, shows is actually real? I mean, why it's called reality. Yeah. Why would they name it that? They wouldn't lie to us. Of course not. Uh, Are you worried? There's an interesting one. Are you worried about serving on a jury during the pandemic? Um, well, you know, I did hear something about like the Supreme court having trouble with like mask and coughing. So maybe. (laughs) Are you comfortable? This is the last one. Are you comfortable being a part of the trial, which will likely get a lot of media attention? I mean, do I get exclusives after this is over? I mean, I haven't already (laughs) contacted us weekly, um, for, for my, my rights. Um, no. Yeah. Um, can what, so I've always wondered that though, for real, like what can juries do after a trial is over? Anything. That's what I thought, but like in it, you're like in basically a black box. Like, um, do you think those, um, is it called sequester? Sequester. Unlikely. It takes a lot to sequester a jury. Yeah. It's uh, usually it's like, Jen Shaw um, isn't there, you know, we're talking OJ Simpson level that's what I was thinking or, um, like, uh, serial murders or like the, I mean, we didn't even get there with who was it? I think, um, Kyle Rittenhouse's juror was jury was not sequestered. Oh, really? No, I don't think so. I think maybe Derek, uh, Derek Chauvin's jury was. So I just realized, um, there were, request though who's the legal writer from mississippi is it patterson i don't know so there's like there's a legal novelist he's from mississippi i can't remember his name i'm like trying to look it up i thought it was tom clancy but it's not like his books have been turned into movies um dan peterson no um that's top gun anyway that's the, you want to know how I know sequestered. This is where I got to this because I don't know if people even understand what being sequestered means. I only know it because I read, I think it's James Peterson. I think that's who it is. He writes a books about trials and stuff and the attorneys, and then they get turned it like Tom Cruise did one of the movies. I can't think of what it was, but, um, basically from the book, I was like, Oh, cause the jury got sequestered. I was like, Oh, that's what sequestered is. So can you just briefly say what sequestered is? Like yeah, when they I mean, sequester a jury, they, they put you up in a hotel room. You can't, you don't have any access to the outside media or world, um, for the duration of the trial. Okay. So you yeah. don't, you don't get to read what's happening online. Right. Um, they pretty that. much take away all your access to everything. They put the you in best, a hotel room and you get fed and you're the best uh, view of it's probably that OJ Simpson docuseries where they mm. talked, they showed it. And like they were yeah. watching VCH or VCH VHS tapes and things like that. Dang. Could you imagine? But you cannot, you can't talk to the jury either about the case. You can't talk to it. Yeah. You cannot talk about the case. There is yeah, no right. discussion between like you right. take in evidence and when evidence is closed, then you start deliberations. But prior to that, you do not talk yes. to the jury about the case. They, But they let them socialize. Socialize. Yeah. 
but they ha- they have to maintain to not. Okay. So after so what happened with this? Didn't they didn't they they so like there's filed an appeal or, or yeah they're trying then, to figure out Wadir. I don't think okay. that there's been any um, orders on it. Right. I'll look. But so the United States District Attorney had their own set of Wadir. Yeah. And then there's some motions in limine that were discussed. Uh, yeah. That were discussed. And a motion in limine for those who don't know is the attempts to limit and or admit evidence. You get kind of a preview when you start looking at people's motions in limine because it's it's the ability to limit or admit evidence that goes into trial. So you can ask, for instance, that uh, any mention of the Hulu docuseries is not admitted, things like that. The United States District Attorney wants to admit evidence regarding the proceeds of her wire fraud and money laundering schemes, the financial circumstances of the defendant at the time of the commission of the charged crimes, failure to disclose tax returns, uh, uh, failure to disclose honor tax returns, income from participation in the telemarketing fraud scheme, um, preclude, so they want to make sure it's not admitted, argument that victims of the defendant's telemarketing fraud scheme are to blame, uh, preclude evidence and argument concerning the potential punishment or consequences that the defendant faces if convicted, which is normal. Um, Evidence, they don't want in evidence concerning her prior commission of good acts or failure to commit other bad acts. Uh, evidence and argument concerning government's motives, and they don't want in evidence and argument regarding the defendant's family background, children, race, health, age, religion, or other personal factors unconnected to guilt. So they don't want you to use any of that information to try to find a different circumstance. And that was from the feds, right? Like that's their, yeah, I think that's very, that's very fair, but it does, it is interesting. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting if she wanted to separate herself from the ongoings of the uh, businesses, it's very interesting. It wouldn't be on her taxes, but right. That income wouldn't have been disclosed on her taxes, but um, the other thing too. So they, they've been doing all of that. They've been doing the motions and then they move trial. So I think she asked for an extension. So her trial was supposed to be like now, which is another reason why we were like, let's do these episodes because it's going to be very germane. But then it got moved. I think it's July now, right? Right. So uh, I'm getting it confused with Britney Spears, but yeah. I think it's July 17th. July 17th comes to mind and I'm not very good with dates. So I'm surprised I even I know July is Britney too. Oh, wow. Maybe it is. I could be conflating the two, but so, so right now there's all that's going to be happening is like responses to these pre- Motion, like pre-trial motions and yep. this back and forth and discovery, right? Discovery would still, is still going on or should it be wrapped by now? It's sh- well, theoretically it should have already been wrapped. Right. His trial right. has already come. Right. Um, criminals different than civil. So this is not pertain to civil, but the problem is the defendant defendant's counsel served a bunch of subpoenas that ended up getting motions to quash. So they subpoenaed the Hulu documentary and they subpoenaed oddly other defendants counsel right. for information that they had. Yeah. And those motioned motions to quash, I don't know if they've been heard. I think one of them has been heard and one of them has not. Um, okay. They will not be granted is my, yeah. my uh, presumption. But that the part, the reason that's interesting is because they were still pending as of the date that 
theoretically this would hit trial, which right is late in the game. Um, right. but yeah, that's, so that's where we are right now is there's still some yeah. discovery issues. Theoretically, they push it out. It's already been pushed out. They could yes. continue with discovery. Um, but we'll have to see where they go. Yes. And then the last notable piece before we wrap up is just that Stuart Smith, her, you know, as we said in the first episode, her yes. ride or die, her assistant, um, was arrested on the same day as her. And ever since then they could not have communication or talk to each other. So he changed his plea to guilty. He was supposed to be sentenced. Um, I want to say sometime last week, it was when we were going to record. And then I was like, Hey, let's wait to see his sentencing. And we could talk right. about his sentencing, but we have now learned that whatever happened at that sentencing are they, I guess they're called a hearing still. Is it still a hearing or yeah, a conferral um, is sealed. Right. And so it is not available to the public. There is no information, um, which, you know, some some troll attorneys online, <clears throat> one in particular, has implied that that means he's going to be part of Jen's trial. And so once he cooperates in Jen's trial, then he'll get his sentencing based off of how, I guess, how he performs for lack of a better word um, in Jen's trial. I really hope that's not true. I, I, cause I, I, I just don't hope like it's not that true. That yeah. I hope it's not true for that, but the petty Bravo fan in me. Oh my God. What good TV. Oh, Andy couldn't write a better plot line for a, a real housewives franchise. Right. Um, but for the sake of these being real people with real relationships in real life, and this is not fictional, like, yeah, that's really dirty. And that really fucking sucks. Like it's, 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 it's not the way I want our federal justice system to work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pitting each using, leveraging that leveraging those systems. Like, yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a great look. Um, but yeah, so that's a Shaw. Amazing. Thank Is Jenny going to go to the block. Is Jenny going to go to the block? Thank God for Heather. I halfway through the podcast, I was like, God, Heather's such a badass. I'm so grateful to have a friend. She's that saying this because I'm having such a rough day. <laughs> oh no. I literally like, it just popped in my head. I'm like, I'm so grateful to have a friend. Cause I thought, you know, you know, for our listeners, one of our, you know, points of interest is legal. And we do want to be able to present a platform where there can be, um, legal knowledge and, but like be able to be absorbed by the general public and not put right. on a put on a docket or a pedestal in terminology that a, an average person who's not in the legal system would understand. So legal literacy is also our goal here. So if you got a little too deep in the weeds with us and you're like, gosh, these girls went way too legal. Well, one of our goals is legal literacy. So we hope you learned something. We are very grateful for Heather. And yeah, I'm so grateful for you. And I think um, I am gunning for Love is Blind to be our next podcast. But if you have ideas, we have an assistant named Rachel who's been very active on the podcast circuit lately. Got to rein her in. Um, (laughs) So if you want to email her, Rachel at relatableafpodcast.com, please subscribe. Please. you know, send us a review, send us emails. Uh, we try our best. Life has kind of been kicking us a lot lately, but we're, we're doing the best we can. 
do the best. It's a free operation. Here. Yeah. And we, run a, we run accordingly. <laughs> you get what you pay for. <laughs> I, I couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's all. So awesome. any, any last thoughts? I know you got to go. My last thought is, um, take all this with a grain of salt. I mean, (laughs) when you, when you read the stuff that we say, the stuff that you're reading online about these cases, the it's turned the, we need to have a real housewives of the court circuit or something, because like now people are, I mean, I guess me included, but like are turning this into like the, the legal part of it is being crafted in a way that's more, um, entertaining. So well, like page six, it's like the legal stuff has become page six. Like it's very, yeah. um, I mean, we say that as our title is, is <laughs> will Jenny go to the block? But <laughs> like, it's, it's so crazy. It's so crazy, but it's I wild. mean, this is all meant for entertainment purposes. So I yeah, just, entertainment. I'm not, entertainment, you know, not like, legal advice, Heather's not legal not advice. Your lawyer. I am not a lawyer. <laughs> like, Let's be very clear. I'm not taking any more clients right now. Mine are giving me enough heartburn. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I can't handle the phone calls anymore. So no more clients. Around Actually, you can call me anytime. I don't mean that. No, so anyway, I, know, I know. We appreciate you guys so much. It's always so hard for us to wrap these things up, but we got to yep. go. So y'all have a wonderful day. Week, See you next and we'll, week. Yeah. Or this week. Or this week. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.